every November, we all take a moment to remember. And in so doing, we always think of In Flanders Fields, written by John McRae. In this edition of Big G in Conversation, we'll find out more about McRae's link to Guelph with the Manager of Museums and Culture. I'm your host, Wendy King. Let's get this conversation started. Joining me to discuss 150 years of John McRae is Tammy Adkin, Manager of Museums and Culture. Welcome, Tammy. Thanks, Wendy. So, you know, I guess we certainly all think we know a lot about John McRae. Certainly we know his poem in Flanders Fields, but who was he? John McRae was really a most remarkable person. Um, and as you said, Wendy, a lot of people know him because of In Flanders Fields. Um, but Lieutenant Colonel John McRae was actually uh, a doctor, um, a soldier, and he was a son and a brother and an adventurer. And he um, lived a very full life of service. Um, he was born uh, November 30th, 1872, um, at the family home, which was a limestone cottage at 108 Water Street, which we now know as McRae House National Historic Site. Um, he was the second son of, Jan of Janet and David McRae. His brother, Tom, uh, came first. A couple of years after John was born, the family actually moved from Water Street um, to a larger home on Woolwich Street here in Guelph. And uh, in 1878, um, his baby sister, Jill, was born there. Um, so John McRae was only in um, at McRae House uh, during his very early toddler uh, years. Um, he attended Central Public School and Guelph Collegiate Institute, um, and he grew up reading adventure stories and making sketches and creating scrapbooks. And like a lot of kids um, his age at that time, he was interested in trains and ships and traveling. Um, when he was 14, he actually traveled abroad with his dad to England and Scotland. And I think um, that kind of initiated a, a travel bug. Um, he was very well traveled through his his life. Um, his mom uh, was the daughter of a Presbyterian minister. She was a really avid reader and a good singer, and she loved literature and music and poetry. And these are all traits that she um, passed down um, to John um, that he, uh, um, he demonstrated throughout his life. Um, I would be remiss in not saying how important uh, church and family was uh, in John McRae's life. The McRae family um, was very dedicated uh, to St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. And in fact, the McRae family pew is still um, at that church today. Really? Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like his whole family obviously was impressive, but it's interesting to me that, um, you know, you you saved all that or you know all that you the house is still there like you know because lots of things happen as as the years go on before you know someone's going to be famous that that's right and you know we benefit from um uh, you know he was a prolific writer uh in terms of you know both poetry um but in terms of writing letters to family and friends and he had a very close relationship with his mother they exchange a lot of letters um and we benefit from that today as evidence of um the experiences he had um the things he was feeling uh, the relationship amongst family 
members um, uh, and uh, his uh, opinions on matters of the day. Um, and so, uh, so we're grateful that he mm -hmm. was a prolific writer yeah. um, and that we're able to tell such a fulsome story um, about his life. So obviously more writing than just the poem we all know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he was an artist. Uh, we have many of his sketches as well in our collection. Um, uh, he was a storyteller, um, had a great reputation uh, in the cities that he lived in uh, to be an entertaining storyteller and a wonderful guest at dinner parties. Um, and uh, yeah, so he, he was a quite, quite an interesting uh, person. His medical career, um, his studies were very interesting as well. He actually was only 16 when he left Guelph to go study at the University of Toronto. Um, his big brother Tom was already there, stu also studying to be a doctor. Um, and uh, John was a well-rounded student. Uh, in addition to being really good at his studies, he played rugby and practiced fencing and sang in the glee club and helped behind the scenes with the drama club um, and then wrote more short stories uh, for the wow. school newspaper. Renaissance man. He certainly was. He did all of that while um, earning his Bachelor of Arts in Biology <laughs> and then uh, continuing at the U of T in medical school and actually while he was in medical school at the University of Toronto he spent two summers um, as a resident physician at the Robert Garrett Hospital in Baltimore which was a convalescent home for sick children um, so really had a sense of um, duty and wanting to um, do well and make life better for um, for people and that was again I think um, you know that sense of duty um, was something that was instilled in him through his family, through his faith. So uh, getting to in Flanders Fields, which I think we've all studied, and, you know, I, I, I venture to say that every time I hear it, no matter how many years it's been or how many events, it gets you every time. Like it just, there's, there's something about the way that he portrayed everything. It just always hits home. So um, do you know when it was written and, and how it came to be written? Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, after McCray uh, finished his medical studies, uh, he went on to be a practicing physician, um, studied to be a pathologist, and really had a very active um, medical career. Um, he had some service in the military um, during the South African War. That was his first military duty. He had his dad had been very active in the militia, which um, instilled an interest in and a sense of duty again in McRae. Um, and so he served in the South African War. Then went on to build this medical career uh, as a pathologist, uh, very well respected. Um, and then when he was 41 years old, um, uh, the First World War broke out. And um, so he left his um, medical career uh, again the sense of duty um, and his need, uh, desire to be on the front line um, was, uh, drew him over there. And that's how he found himself in, in France um, in 1915. Um, and it was his, um, as while he was stationed um, 
the Canadian division was stationed in Flanders near Ypres, uh, and it was there that McRae's unit endured the Second Battle of Ypres uh, and encountered chlorine gas for the first time. Um, so for over two weeks, um, McRae lived in a small dugout in an embankment tending to the wounded, um, and that's where he penned uh, in Flanders fields. Um, the uh, poem was, I guess, inspired um, by the the loss of um, Alexis Helmer and Owen Haig, who were two very popular members of the first brigade unit. Um, McRae knew them. Uh, Helmer had was killed by a shell, and Haig was severely injured and died later that night. Um, John McRae actually said the funeral service for uh, Alexis Helmer, um, repeating a lot of it from memory, uh, since the Padre was further down the line conducting other <laughs> services for other um, uh, uh, soldiers who had died that night. And so um, it was May 2nd, 1915, and uh, we understand that the poem um, was written uh, during that time. It was then um, published in Punch magazine. It had been um, suggested for publication uh, in other periodicals and was turned down, uh, but Punch magazine published it on December 8th, 1915 um, as filler. It was really tucked away uh, unobtrusively into a, a, the lower corner of, of the back page of that magazine, um, but it certainly... Um, resonated with people. Uh, many poets uh, penned answers to in Flanders fields um, and certainly the government of, of Canada and other governments of English speaking uh, countries um, seized on the popularity of in Flanders fields and used the lines and the imagery um, to encourage support for the war effort. Mm -hmm. um, McRae was still, of course, serving, uh, you know, over um, in Europe, uh, but had heard how well received his poem was back on the home front through letters uh, home. And uh, and he was pleased, pleased by that. That's amazing. Wow. Um, is that kind of when um, the poppy became sort of synonymous with Remembrance Day, the military, et cetera? Yeah, the poppy had always been, ha, has a long tradition actually of um, uh, being a symbol of um, sacrifice and rebirth. Mm -hmm. um, but it was certainly in Flanders Fields that gave it a new meaning as a remembrance of those who died in war. And um, so um, it was uh, uh, to of the pioneers of the poppy movement, um, Moina Michael in the U.S. and Anne Gurin in France, um, named in Flanders Fields as a direct inspiration. Uh, Canada's own uh, poppy lady, uh, Lillian Freeman, um, also adopted the fundraiser idea of selling, making poppies in her um, living room in Ottawa uh, and selling them to raise funds to support um, restoration, um, uh, reparation, um, support for um, those coming home for from war, mm -hmm. and it's endured as a symbol today. You know of a, a remembrance. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, in that regard, um, why do you think it's important to continue to remind people um, to study him in a way, and you know, to do what you do? 
you know, we're we're so committed to continuing to study and interpret McRae's story. Um, we're currently in engage, engaged in a project right now, transcribing his letters so that we have a, a deeper, more fulsome understanding um, of the breadth of his story. There's certainly a lot to be learned from McRae's life of service to community. Um, and also about the power of words um, and how they can endure as they have um, and how they can provide evidence um, that can inform uh, evidence of the past that can inform today. Um, we benefit from seeing the arc of McRae's life, like through the arc of his life, we saw in the beginning a real enthusiasm for military service as kind of a noble adventure. Um, near the end of his life, we see he's changed by the horrors of the war he's witnessed. He's disheartened, um, although still unwavering in his commitment to do the right thing and to protect people who need protecting. But he understands, he has seen, he's experienced the horrors of war. Um, and uh, that's an important lesson. And for us today, you know, particularly as we see events unfolding, uh, unfolding in Europe that, you know, for the better part of a century, we couldn't imagine ever happening again, right? And yeah, um, yeah so the lessons we learn from history from John McRae can help bring context that can inform our views um, and inform actions and create you know, a better understanding. Um, and you know, as we often say, lest we forget. And certainly that phrase is resonating, has been resonating with me this year in a different way. Oh, yeah. You just gave me goosebumps with how you, you brought that into the current day. Absolutely right. Um, so McRae House, um, tell me a little bit about that. Um, you get a lot of school children, a lot of veterans. We do. Um, McRae House, uh, I, when I first started working um, for the city of Guelph, I was surprised by the number of people who visited the house from away, um, from Europe, from across Canada, um, as a pilgrimage um, to uh, John McRae. It's, uh, um, it's really powerful how his story has resonated around the world um, and has had impact for people. And so people um, visit the house uh, on a pilgrimage, you know, as an act of remembrance. In 2015, which was the 100th anniversary of the writing of In Flanders Fields, we did a major renovation to McRae House, um, you know, reflecting on how people were using the house as an act of remembrance, as a time for contemplation. We designed um, exhibitions that allowed for for that. So there is, um, you know, space to learn about his story, but also to reflect on what that means and then to share um, personal reflections and thoughts about that. Um, we do a lot of education programs for school groups. Um, we're heading into a very busy season uh, with Remembrance Day um, coming. And we just feel very honored to. Um, have the privilege of sharing McRae's story in a way that um, impacts and informs and inspires um, people uh, to think about what is the right thing to do, to think, to honor those who have made the, you know, ultimate sacrifice um, and, uh, and hopefully to pave our way to a more peaceful future. And did I read that he died of meningitis? He did pneumonia meningitis, um, yeah, while serving at number three uh, 
General Hospital, Canadian General Hospital McGill um, in France. So he's buried in Wimmeru, uh, France, in a grave that is um, unremarkable from the other graves of those who served and died um, in Europe uh, during the First World War. Um, we had the opportunity to visit his grave um, this past summer um, and lay a wreath. Um, and uh, it was a very uh, moving experience um, for a man who is so well regarded, of course, here at home in Guelph, but around the world. Amazing. So just a couple things about McCray House in case people may have not visited before. Um, hours of operation and admission? Yep, so admission is $6 per person. Um, there's also family rate. Uh, we're open right now uh, through the end of November, uh, um, Tuesday through Sunday, 1 until 5. Um, during the winter months from December until April, we're open on Wednesday afternoons and by appointment. And then uh, when we start our spring season again um, in uh, May and June, uh, we'll be open Tuesday to Sunday uh, afternoons. Um, for visits, we do McRae House tea, daily tea in the summertime, uh, and our popular backyard theater program um, will happen next July, where we present uh, um, a theater or music presentation reflecting on uh, McRae and what he stood for. What a cool job you have. Right? It's it the best sounds job. amazing to me. Honestly, it sounds great. And I've learned so much in, in just the, the little time we've had together. Um, do you have a favorite artifact? Oh, there's a, a couple of things. Um, John McRae's top hat is on display right when you walk into to McRae House. And I remember the first time seeing that hat on display. I had such a a moment with that and I think it's because it's such a personal <laughs> uh, piece of clothing that was on his head and I can imagine him you know wearing that at dinner parties to dinner parties and telling his stories and so on and so that was um, very um, uh, I find that just a really moving connection to him and then all of his handwritten, his letters um, and the poetry um, in his really excellent penmanship. I just, again, there's something that personalizes, uh, you know, uh, somebody's story when you see yeah. something um, made by their own hand. Yeah. And of course, uh, he's got incredible penmanship. The yeah, guy's it like really amazing. was. <laughs> it really like, was. This is, this is a really amazing person. I mean, obviously, right? Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Tammy. Honestly, my thanks for such a really interesting, great history lesson for all of us. And I hope everybody goes to visit McCray House. Thanks so much, Wendy. Thank you. I'm Wendy King with the City of Guelph's Big G in Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you have ideas for a show or comments, you can email biggpodcast at guelph.ca. Until next time, take care and let's keep the conversation going.